It's story time at Disc Radio. And there's a story coming from us to you. Hello there, welcome, and thank you for joining us. My name is Connor, and I'm your host for this conversation and this season of Disc Radio. Today we're back with another beautiful personal story and another little comment before we start the show. This is a rare show for Disc Radio. We did record it online through the screen. That's nothing changed. The story is beautiful. That's great. Nothing's changed there. But what has changed is there are two little tiny cuts in this recording. The first one was to deal with a silly technical issue where one of us pressed the wrong button. I think it was me, um, but I'm okay to blame it on the guest if you are too. But the second one, shortly after that, is a place where we decided, let's cut that out of the conversation. I asked a question. Our guest gave a really good answer or started to give a really good answer and then realized that's maybe a little too personal and there are a little too many other people involved for us to be talking about that in an online setting where we're going to be broadcasting it out to the whole world. I totally respect his decision. I would have done the same thing in his place and I hope you can too. We backtracked from there. I asked, I rephrased my question. He gave me another great answer and the conversation went on like it never came up. So, just for the sake of transparency and letting you know why there's a cut in the middle of a show that I told you weren't editing, now you know. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the show. I'm so excited today to bring you a conversation with a good friend of mine, uh, somebody who's always there with a smile and a laugh and a nice warm hug, uh, though that is not happening today as we are meeting still through the screen. Um, but a hearty welcome to you, Ojas. It's great to see you. Hi, Connor. Good morning. Thank you. Mm. It's uh, lovely to be here with you. Yeah, always, always nice to see Ojas around at the, at the storytelling events and, and the wonderful ones that he has hosted, and I've been lucky to be a part of. Um, but that's just a small piece of of what you do, uh, Ojas. And I'm wondering if you could introduce yourself a little bit to the rest of the world. Sure. Um... Yeah, like you said, you've come to some of the storytelling nights that I organize with a little team here in Leiden. And I've also come and told at your nights, which are beautiful on the beach. Uh, always love those. Uh, a little bit about me. I, I'm uh, 26 years old. <laughs> Why is that relevant? Well, I'm still in the early phases of my life. I feel still learning a lot. Um, the moment I went to university after high school... I was incredibly disillusioned with the you know the educational structures of today, uh, especially when going for something like film and photography, uh, having to sit in a classroom day in day out, reading, writing, listening, uh, instead of grabbing a camera and going and creating something, 
I uh, was really done with the, the, the formal educational <laughs> uh, ways of today. And so I started to, I left and I started working just regular jobs in restaurants and clothing shops and, and uh, spas and, and, you know, all the regular um, service jobs. And in the meantime, I uh, kept looking out for ways to go inside to have a, a look at, well, who am I? What am I made of? Along the way, I came in touch with uh, a very alternative uh, style of therapy. And this was group therapy, but also individual therapy. And in these groups, in these trainings, uh, I got the opportunity to uh, join a program, uh, a studying program, where everyone who goes through the therapy can also learn about the therapy and perhaps offer it, give it. And that's been a ride of its own uh, alongside all those little jobs. This is what's been keeping me going and, and learning about life, about the inner structures of our beings. And I'm trying to see how everything will fall into place because along the way I found storytelling. I was very moved by it. And that's uh, when I started a storytelling course for five months in Amsterdam at Mezrab. And afterwards it expanded and I realized there was a whole community of storytellers and storytelling that was growing at an incredibly fast rate. So I jumped on board and soon I'll be moving to Athens. And I don't know if I will continue hosting nights there, but uh, storytelling has definitely shaped me and the way I communicate and the way I stand in front of a group of people because I had an incredible fear of that. And I managed to overcome that. <laughs> and instead of getting nervous and freaking out, I get nervous and I feel excited because it means that I have energy inside to, uh, you know, to, to, to uh, release <laughs> on stage and, and, have, and take people with me on a little journey. Cool. So that's me so far. No idea where this is going to take me or yeah, what influence it will have on the people around me. But uh, I'm collecting now all the arts that I want to learn. And some at some point they will come together and, and bloom. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah, I think <clears throat> quite an adventurous and winding road um, to where you are. And I know that you are right in the middle of this move and, and you just did a, another training course and things are piling up. How are you doing now? How, how is Ojas doing? To be very honest with you, I the first thing that comes up to me is I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mess because there's such a, a friction inside, you know, of two different directions, the direction of the ego, the comfort, what's known, uh, my identities, how I identify myself, everything that I that I have that has happened, that I have lived, that I've experienced. And then there's the 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 self the inner more like the the soul if you will right the what what i've come with my nature and sometimes those two clash and now i'm in full whirlwind of i want to go here no i want to go there oh i want to go there no it's too scary oh pull back oh no uh, damn it i made a mistake i fell i need to get back up and i don't want to face this mistake i don't want to face this pain i don't want to face this fear so 
I mean, luckily, I, I have people around me who help me with that, you know, I'm not alone. Definitely not. I get a lot of support, but uh, sometimes it can feel like uh, I I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how to pinpoint it, how to explain it in, in one sentence, but I almost want to uh, roar out really loud to get my aliveness back and stand on my legs, feel my ground and um, f yeah, go from there. So I'm, I'm literally in that process of how to make that happen. <laughs> well, if you would, if you want to roar today, that's fine. Just warn me so that I can turn my, my audio down so you don't blow me out of the water. <laughs> there you go. So you're feeling, feeling better already exactly yeah yeah, yeah and I, I think you know it sounds like you're doing pretty good if you if you're aware of this tension and you've got this nice group around you and always that moment of change is you know that precipice of something new is exciting and that nervous energy like you talked about um so i'm really excited for you you know it's, it's always good to move to a new country and to experience something totally different um so i'm i'm wishing you the best on, on that journey and, but I, I want to bring it back to, to our conversation a little bit before we get lost, because I know, knowing the both of us, we will get lost. Um, and I wanted to ask you the big question of the day, uh, especially when you're talking about this friction in these two directions and change coming. I'm curious to hear uh, your answer to the question. You already talked about how important storytelling is to you. Um, so our big question for you is, uh, what story changed your life? I really like that question. I feel a little bit, uh, maybe a bit not ashamed, but um, feeling like I'm 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 doing you wrong with this question because it's a story that I actually listened to quite recently, and it's not something that has changed my life, you know, since hearing the story. But the characteristics of this story are a direct reflection of things that have happened in my life or things that I'm dealing with and it shows to me the the human condition the human condition we're in and actually it sends a very strong message to everyone um the story is not uh I mean it's it's a personal story but it's not my personal story it's a story actually from Osho and this story you can find it online uh, it's called something like nobody allows anybody to be just themselves and he starts the, the the story off with nobody allows you to be yourself on matters that are absolutely insignificant and do you want me to just go right into it please do we'll go right into it <laughs> so he uh, also used to have long hair as a young boy in his childhood and he used to come in and out of his father's shop because his shop was connected to his home. You know, behind the shop was his home, so it was necessary to pass through, uh, to go home to pass through the shop. And people would ask, whose girl is this? Because his hair was so big, they could not think that a boy would have such big hairs. And his father felt very ashamed about it um, and so embarrassed that he would say, he is a boy. You know, and they would answer with, well, why all these hairs? So one day, it was not his normal nature 
But the dad was so embarrassed and angry that he came out and cut his hairs with his own hands. Cut Osho's hairs. Back in the day, Osho wasn't named this. In fact, I think he's had a few different names along his life. I'm not sure what his childhood name was. Maybe good to look this up. But um, the dad brought the scissors with which he cuts cloth and started to chop off Osho's hair. Osho didn't say anything to him. And the dad was very surprised. He said, don't you have anything to say? And Osho said, I will say, I will say it in my own way. What do you mean? Asked the dad. And Osho said, well, you'll see. Turns out, Osho went to the opium-addicted barber who used to have his shop just in front of his house. And he was the only man Osho had respect for. There was a, a row of barber shops, but Osho loved this old man. And this old man also loved Osho. Uh, he was a very rare variety, as Osho said. He was a rare variety of a man. And they would spend hours talking to each other. And it was mostly nonsense what this barber was saying. Like one day, uh, he told Osho that if all the opium addicts could be organized into a political party, they could take over the country (laughs) of India. And Osho said, that's a good idea. Um, The barber said, but well, because we are all opium addicts, you know, even I forget my own ideas. So Osho, Osho uh, said, well, don't be worried. I'll remember. <laughs> you just <laughs> tell me what changes you want to have in the country, what kind of political ideology you want, and I will manage it. So um, Osho went to him after this uh, experience with his dad and asked him to shave his head completely. Now, in India, the head is shaved completely only when your father dies. For a moment, even that opium addict came to his senses and asked, what happened? Has your father died? Um, Osho said, don't bother about these things. You do what I'm saying. It's none of your concern. Just cut my hairs completely. Shave it completely. Barbara said, done. That's the easiest job. And he shaved his hair completely. He went home past the shop uh, and his father looked <laughs> while well, his father looked and all the customers uh, around looked and said, what happened? Who is this boy whose father's died? And his father said, I'm his father and I'm alive, but I knew he was going to do something. He has answered me well. Wherever Osho went, people would ask what happened. He was perfectly healthy. <laughs> Right, uh, asking about the dad, and um, Osho would reply, "People die at any age. You are worried about him. You are n- not worried about my hair." <laughs> that was the last thing his father ever did to him because he knew that the answer could be far more dangerous. On the contrary, the dad brought a certain oil that is being used to grow hair. It's a very costly oil. It comes from Bengal, out of a certain flower, the Jevakusum. It is very costly and rare and used only by the richest people and not by men, but by women to keep their hairs as long as possible. And in Bengal, Osho came across women whose hair touched the earth. Um, 
his father said, uh, oh, he, and he, he said to his father, so his father gave him this, this oil and he, he responded with, well, now do you understand? And his father went, yes, I have understood. You use this oil quickly and in a few months uh, you are back with your full hair. But that was not the point. In fact, Asha said, you created a whole mess. What was there to be so embarrassed by? You could have said, yeah, she's a girl. I don't have any objection to it. But you should not have interfered with me in this way. It was violent, barbaric, rather than anything. Um, rather than saying anything, you started cutting my hairs. Nobody allows anybody to be just himself. And that's how he ends the story. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. And as usual, a wonderful rendition and so many questions. <laughs> um, but before we dive into into those juicy bits, I want to I want to get a little more context. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember where you first heard this story? Who you first came across to this story? Yeah, uh, it was a suggested video on YouTube. <laughs> Oh, well, bless the algorithm, right? Bless the algorithms, yes. <laughs> and it was uh, it's just a 10-minute uh, story told by Osho uh, in his way of telling, which is, you know, taking his time, but also very sh- the way he says certain things really get you and they get the they show you the absurdity of life, uh, the absurdity of the situation and so it was a very humorous storytelling um so that's that's where that's where i heard it on youtube and when i did uh it stuck with me for a while yeah yeah i'm wondering um you know what that youtube session was like were you were you already watching and paying attention and this was just the next one up and you were like oh that one looks interesting or was it more like YouTube was playing in the background. You were doing six other things. And then this story started and it was like, wait a minute, I need to listen to this. Usually uh, on my walk between my home and my office, I will play something to listen to, like a podcast or a video with someone explaining something. And this one caught my eye because the title was Nobody Allows Anybody to Be Just Himself. I uh, started playing it and walking home through the streets of Leiden. Uh, I start giggling um, and smiling like a madman. <laughs> People walking by looking, you know, with questionable eyes. What, what is going on with him? Uh, he's having big fun uh, under his uh, headphones. <laughs> yeah. So I, I basically between the walk from my office to home, that's when it happened. Mm-hmm. So it was on the way home. So you weren't laughing all day at work. So you had some some privacy when you got back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was almost like going through um, a portal. Right on the way home, like a transitional portal. Here's a here's a here's a lesson, uh, so that you don't come home the same way you were you left. Yeah. And when you got home, was it did you did you feel already that the story was sinking in, or or did it have some kind of sleeper effect where it took more time for it to start to get its hooks in your mind? At first, I just took took it as a uh, oh, that's that's a great story. It really exposes um, 
our our fears our shame our embarrassment in such a beautiful natural playful and uh, i want to say rebellious way or a bit bit cunning yet you know smart intelligent in a very intelligent way and so it just sat with me for a bit and only later did i get a memory pop back up of when i was a little boy also with long hair i had hair a bit like i have now but maybe even longer i was getting ready for a wedding of some family members in spain and in the morning i I would use a lot of gel back in the day and i'd put gel on my hair and the ends of my hair it was long i would curl them up with a with a brush (laughs) at the time i thought that was the most beautiful hairdo i could possibly have and so uh that's uh, that's how i went to the wedding and on the side of my mother you know my sister and i were on the side of my mother and people would come up to her and go wow you have two beautiful beautiful daughters and she would get a bit embarrassed and laugh and go this is my son (laughs) so i I, it was later that i realized oh i have a personal connection to the story from my own experience now they didn't cut my hair off like you know asha's dad did so barbarically but i definitely took on a bit of that shame Okay, so there is a personal story in there as well. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm curious, did you do you remember when you decided to change your uh greased down, flipped up uh, hairstyle? Did it have something to do with the wedding or was it just much later? Uh no, it was much later. And then uh the I had a middle parting and the hair would go fall on the sides, but afterwards I put it all to one side. And this was before Justin Bieber became popular. <laughs> so I, I was rocking that hair for a while, thinking it was great. Uh, it was a little bit emo at the time. That was the popular thing in high school. Um, until Justin Bieber came along and then I changed it again. But I was using a lot of products until around 16, 17, when I realized the effect it was having on my hair. And it was uh, not not a good one. So that stopped. But for other reasons. Yeah. Yeah, but it has always been uh, uh, something of concern, you know, <laughs> the hair. <laughs> what does it say about me? Do I feel that that this is really my hair? Do I feel connected to it? And sometimes I just let it go. I just, you know, whatever. I know myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was just to the barber last week, so you didn't see my full effect beard. But that's that's all the hair yeah. I have to play with. Um, <laughs> and it's also, yeah, letting it go. Yeah. Um yeah so I'm I'm curious because you said okay your parents never cut your hair off uh, which is which is nice. Um but I could imagine that they threatened to cut it off once or twice or there were some other situations where you were kind of being the rebel uh like Osho responding in some way. Um did did that ever happen with the hair or with something else? Yeah definitely the the biggest um yeah it wasn't uh hey we're gonna cut off your hair but it was more of a making fun of you know especially uh, my sister would be like why are you spending so much time in the bathroom before going to school during high school you know and then um oh you with all your your hair products things uh, a lot of they were pointing out all those insecurities but in a way that they were uh, kind of judging it so it became a very uh, insecure um, thing for me to see how can I 
have my hair as perfect as possible with as little effort as possible or that it looks like there's as little effort that I put into it but it's 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 uh it's 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 all this about the surface right it's the superficial actually and and I think that's the the danger of it that when we uh, put so much emphasis on the superficial um um, well, think about yeah. it, and I have another. I have another question okay. that, that you really sparked there, um, because I'm now thinking about the hair and and the time. Not only that you and I and, and the effort, but that everyone puts in uh, to 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 the way we look, to the way we appear. And I come back to this title, and it says, "Nobody allows anybody to just be themselves." Um, and I'm wondering, in this case, in our cases, um, or in your case with the hair. Uh, who is the nobody? Um, because I can imagine that it can be different people at different times, and the just themselves also is changing. So I'm wondering how how you look at look at that in your own situation or in the story. Nobody is all of us, and basically, yeah, nobody allowing to be. Uh, allowing others to be themselves is basically like saying the ego doesn't allow people to be just themselves. And what is the ego? Most people don't understand the difference between the ego and the spirit or ego and the soul. So the ego is all the things we, from the moment of birth, that we learn, we are uh, given, that we are taught. We take things on, certain structures, certain understandings of the world around us, but also about ourselves. So when we're little and our parents uh, talk to us, we take all that information in. That's how we get to know ourselves. And as uh, this happens, you know, there can be positive things about ourselves. There can be negative things, but there can also be the issues of our parents that they've had to deal with that are placed on us. So that forms an ego, an identity of I am, um, I am good. I am bad. I'm creative. I am, uh, ugly i am <laughs> like all the i ams that we can name whether good or bad or in between uh that's really the the ego what's been given us what's been placed on us but we have come in with something quite natural and there's not so much attention to this naturalness uh, because most people the human condition of today is that we are also stuck in these egoic structures that we have learned and taken on but we don't question a lot of the time whether that's really us or you know that's all that meets the eye um so nobody is everybody because we all have an ego now we need a certain level of ego right we need a, an ego to help us get uh, groceries x amount of times per day to eat x amount of times per day there's some things that we need an ego there's a healthy ego there the unhealthy ego is when it uh, takes over our lives in moments when it's not necessary and in this case it's not necessary when we talk about hair when we talk about you know um what 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 people think of that what what people what kind of judgments people have over that it's it's very superficial it's not the genuine uh core of what yeah what's being brought up maybe there's issues of embarrassment or shame or guilt or f fear of 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 being an alien you know not belonging 
a lot of those things. I want to. I want to jump back. I want to jump back to to before I go on to my next set of questions. I want to. I want to examine just story a little more because I. I don't think it's an accident that most of the stories, if not all of the stories that we've talked about in this uh, in this series, have to do with ego. Um, I, I find it beyond a coincidence at this point. Wow. Um, and I want to ask about the role that ego plays for our hero's character as well, um, because it's very clearly uh, in in the father's character. You know, okay, this is about shame and and all of this, but I also get the sense when you are talking about ego and, and these kind of things that we learn and our identity that we've built up, that Osho's ego at some point is also taking control uh, and getting this. Uh, somehow revenge and and this is the the other half of of the shame that his father feels is the pride that he feels uh, and his pride has been wounded so now the ego wants to wants to build that back up um in some way in this case shaving the head and, and getting the the growing the growing oil um so i'm curious how how you kind of interpret uh, his role and the, the role that ego plays in this story and how it shifts uh, from character to character Great, yeah. So the um, I, I really like this question. It gives me a lot of juice as well. Uh, a lot of people don't like Osho. It's very controversial. And there's many, many people have all kinds of reasons for this. And that's that's fine. I don't even know the full truth about Osho myself. But Osho is a person who lo- loves to expose the ego. And for many people, this is very challenging, exposing the ego. Um, you just mentioned that Osho's ego also came up by getting revenge on his dad. Now, I, I question whether this is really ego uh, or if it's simply a, a very natural way to to get back uh, on this act, you know, get to get back to his dad without... Uh, causing any extra harm or pain or shame you know or i mean it's basically it's not about yeah it's basically about reflecting mirroring what has happened so his dad had a had a very quite quite a brutal reaction being so so rough on him and he said oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna show you what you've done and he's mirroring back to the dad what he has done that's all he's doing uh you want to cut my hair i'm taking it next level <laughs> and let's go to the extreme. And what happens in the extreme? Aha, you get even more trouble because uh, when you shave your head in India, people think your dad has passed. So an egoic way of, of responding to this in my eyes would maybe be, you know, screaming, getting angry, kicking, punching, uh, uh, never talking to your dad again or, or running away from home. I mean, I don't know if that's really egoic, but in this way of being silent and just say, seeing it as life happening, life is just happening, then it, it, it keeps that naturalness of the natural flow of life, of where is this taking me? And, and there's a playfulness to it. There's a, and maybe what you see as ego can be that rebellious edge, you know, of uh, getting, getting back at the dad. But... Um, yeah, I think I, I, I guess the, the word that's really triggering for me there 
um, in what you said, and this is where I, I wonder what is the purpose of the ego versus the nature, is that you said, well, it's about getting back. And I feel like a lot of what you've talked about ego is about what is behind you. It's about identity. It's about what you've learned. It's about what other people have said before. Um, whereas when I think about our kind of characters in our in our story worlds or in our world of like, okay, well, let's talk about zero ego characters. Um, and we, we have all of our religious figures, right? And how would they respond? Um, and I look at them and say, well, obviously they would just say, okay, you know, okay, you cut my hair. Uh, it will grow back, you know, um, and they wouldn't take it that next step. And so that's where I'm wondering, um, is the story of the ego as a mirror, is that, you know, the ego is such a slippery, a slippery fish, right? Yeah. Uh, and if, are we telling ourselves the story of the mirror um, to allow it to survive? Because it is, like you said, it is healthy and we do need it. Um, or is that it's kind of insidious way of, of saying, well, I always have control over you. Uh, whether you think it or not well that's what the dad did right i always have control over you that's what the dad did and and also was basically saying no i'm an individual you know and if you don't respect that wait for it here we introduce another another archetype let's say which is the wrathful deity and the wrathful deity there's a beautiful picture out there um of a big like statue um I, I don't know where it is, Indonesia, um, some Asian country, uh, a beautiful statue with lots of colors. There's a, a man, but with a beast-looking face, looking really angry uh, with his teeth out and eyes, you know, popping out with, with this fierce intensity. Uh, and in his hand, uh, on the right, in his hand, he is holding up three Buddhas in his hand, three Buddhas of, in gold and with, with some uh, almost like shining uh, shining like a halo like a halo type shining um or, or, or yeah surround uh, uh, <laughs> like a shining uh, i don't know how to how to describe it like little sticks uh, coming out to to show yeah there's some there's something holy about these buddhas and this wrathful deity has this incredibly scary face uh to safeguard the sacred the sacred in us so this wrathful deity even though it's it's something that can be quite scary it's also something loving because it's protecting the sacred and so this is could be mistaken for ego because it's maybe a, uh, cunning in a way but it's actually protecting a uh, protection and in that sense i don't think the ego would be so intelligent as to in the moment find such a um natural way to mirror back uh i think the ego would would have freaked out and 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 responded in a much different way which wouldn't have brought any resolution to the situation it would have perpetuated this uh state but with the wrathful deity um there's a sense of oh no you're not messing with me right but in a respectful way in a i'm not going to come back to you and hurt you the same way that you did to me i'm going to find a way to show you with your own uh with your own energy that you've put into it just send it back your way <laughs> 
okay, okay. I think you've convinced me. And, and yeah, this is a quite common archetype, um, especially in Eastern Asian uh, traditions, uh, where you see very often you have, you have these dragon statues protecting the temple, or the very mm. um, militant-looking, tough uh, Hindu god or goddess. Um, I believe the one I'm talking about is called Mahakala. Okay. Mahakala. Oh, nice reference. Um, but they, if you look closely, there's always an open hand or or something that's saying. Actually, all of this is just a mask, um, mm. and we are just using it to protect ourselves. So, so I think indeed we have we have identified um, at least some purpose for the ego and, and how it works, um, and how we can keep it in check. But I want to come to something else that Osha said because it really struck me. I wrote it down right away, um, and it relates to this this ego question. At first, we'll talk about it in the context of the story, then I'll come back to my other question. Um, but when when someone asked him, uh, "Oh, has your father passed away? I've heard he's okay. He must be fine." And Osho turns back and says, uh, "You know, people die at any age." Um, I just found that that beautiful and so striking. Um, and I'm wondering what kind of depth uh, and images you get from from that uh, that statement. I get a, a mix because um, yeah, people die at any age. It's it's kind of his way of saying um it's kind of his way of of, of um, I, at least how i interpret it of enjoying the situation that <laughs> he has um um created to respond to his his father right um maybe still a bit out of um anger like to to get back uh to say to people well you know, people die at any age. It's not nothing, nothing strange. This could be real death, or it could also be ego death. <laughs> yeah. So that's what um, I think. Since it's not literally about his dad's death, it could be referring to the ego death. But yeah, in a way, not to be afraid of of death itself. But there's more going on than meets the eye. Um, yeah, and, and that was what I where I was going as well. So I'm glad that, that I'm not the only one who sees that path. Um, but I was wondering if Osho was also maybe talking about himself. Probably, yeah. I mean, the, the hair hair being shaved off is an incredibly uh, spiritual experience, right? Or spiritual, yeah. It it signifies or it reflects a kind of a, a real change inside. And surely this situation must have changed Osho um, and given him some, uh, if you will, I don't, yeah, I don't want to call it this, but the first word that's coming up in me is ammunition to stand in this world full of egos, how to deal with them. And it's not, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's something that anybody has told him. It feels like this is something of his nature because he's a child so young and yet has such a, yeah has has is, is his nature to respond in this way yeah yeah he definitely has the trickster spirit you know mm -hmm. and, and always good for for cutting down an oversized ego uh, nice yeah. nice trickster comes around and yes. and mixes things up that's um, another reason why many people don't like him <laughs> well it comes with the character yeah. Uh, the good and the bad. So I'm I'm curious now because we have we have talked about all of these things, um, but we haven't put them in the context of your change now. 
Um, and so I'm wondering how, you know, you said you heard this story just a, just a short time ago and you're still processing it and you're processing all these other things in your life. I'm wondering what kind of guidance this story may have given you already or that you think it may give you um, as you go forward on your journey. I almost feel... Um... almost a bit of fear is coming up inside if i'm if i'm very honest a bit of fear of but can i take this on you know can i take on this lesson of this story is it really can i really um uh make it my own <laughs> um maybe it's not so much about making it my own but uh, about understanding the if when i when i see the story visually i imagine a bit of a timeline and and this timeline is not just a linear thing it has many twists and turns and going up and down and i see it a bit multi-dimensionally like um uh not just images of people but what is happening energetically between uh the people and perhaps uh, energetically with with uh, the soul of someone but being restricted in, inside of the ego structures and how the soul expresses itself through the filter of this ego um so for me it's almost like um you know someone's taking my hand and saying hey you want to take the leap you want to trust your nature so much that you can you know completely be your natural self <laughs> and that's a scary thing it's an exciting thing also and uh yeah this story has to work on me because I, I i wonder you know am i able to to do something like this and and when i look back in my life perhaps i have in 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 in, in little in little ways here and there um and now it's calling me to 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 do this again. Going to to Greece soon is uh, for me a way to become more natural. That's actually the plan to move to Greece. And last summer I was there, and I felt, yeah, I felt this ease, this this um, this ease of of flow of of um, just. Uh, not really like shining but I felt like there was a, a, a soft glow a soft glow in me where I felt comfortable I was with good people and I returned to Holland and walking from the station to my house I began seeing people on the streets with their uh, complete personality as in the, the ego cover and I got scared and I started to adapt my walk you know I started to walk a bit more cool uh, and, and then I realized, oh wait, I'm I'm literally changing my my walk. I'm 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 sending messages to my muscles to to adapt myself to survive in this environment. And now I'm walking home more constricted, but actually I want to be more natural. So I would let try to let go of this several times on the walk home. And when I let go, I felt this fear of being quite vulnerable. I felt a fear of being unprotected. I felt a fear of, um, oh, people might see the real me and they might, you know, say something, make fun of it, not understand it. Or So the story is, is 
for me a reminder to be natural to simply whatever's here let it let it be and 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 to have that i mean i'm i'm saying this now because we you we've brought it up in this conversation but to remind myself of the wrathful deity that it's always there and can come out in in many different ways it doesn't always have to be violent um there's a there's a beauty in in some deeper deeper strength some deeper some deep as if there's a fist not not a hard fist but like a a fist that's holding you to your center i'll speak for myself holding me to my center and to trust in that yeah oh wonderful um I want to I want to expand because we've been talking about you and your experiences with this story and how it works on you. Um, but I want to draw it out because all of our, our people I've asked uh, to, to take it to the next level and say, as a society, as a civilization, as all people, what do you think we should take away from this story uh, at, a, at a big, high level um, that maybe can change uh, things for the better in the future? Let people be who they are, even if it's unexpected. Take the the opium addicted barber. You know the way we treat addicts nowadays is very much looking down at them. But even though this barber in the story was opium addicted, Osho was able to connect with him, perhaps because this man had a heart like no other, or perhaps because this man had a way of life that i mean also said that he loved this man and that this love man uh, this man loved him so there must have been some connection that's deeper than all those issues with in this case opium addiction so with whatever addiction we have which we all have in our own way whether it be opium or weed or other kinds of drugs or television or computer or addiction to our um appearance hair makeup clothing whatever addiction it is to find what is deeper within each other even if we're we're misinterpreted like you're a boy you're a girl you are this you are that it's all on the surface but there's something more important and right now we are surface dwellers if you will <laughs> this is a term i've heard actually um as, as something quite negative but all around the world there's a there, there's a big wave happening there's a movement there's a wave of people realizing this and by exposing this we get to see what's underneath and so yeah that's what i believe it, it does for the rest of the world a story like this is to say if you react from the ego, if you react from your anger, from your embarrassment, from your shame, from your frustration, you know, nothing good is going to come of it. And um, maybe it's time to be more respectful and look underneath. And actually, respect, <laughs> this is an a interesting word. Uh, I saw uh, also spoke about the word respect, and we believe it's to it means to honor somebody, but actually respect is re-espectare, 
to re-aspect, so to take another look. And if we take another look, we may see there's more going on than just the surface. And to let people have fun with the surface, to let people play. If you want to have long hair, have long hair. If you want to wear funky clothes, wear funky clothes. We're having a human experience. We should be given the freedom to play around with it and experiment. Is this naturally me? Is it not naturally me? You know, it's it's all about being able to go to those extents where we get to learn about ourselves, experience ourselves in this world, uh, in this day and age, and uh, to give people the freedom to to do that. Well, thank you for that such inspirational and beautiful answer to the question. I know that now you have given me some things to to look at as I as I take a look at where I am dwelling on the surface and where I am actually going deeper and maybe where I am tricking myself uh, into just playing in the sand and not actually actually getting to any depth. Um, but thank you again for such a deep and wonderful conversation. I feel like I learned so much and I have just this new energy to start thinking about change and maybe some hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're great with bald heads. Yeah, so. but also looking at, you know, how I allow people to be themselves and, and maybe what I'm doing that's stopping someone else from from being themselves. Uh, so I want to make sure as a host uh, that I'm also allowing you to be yourself. Uh, and so this is where I, I'm going to open it up to you and I'm just go I'm not going to ask you any more difficult questions uh, except for, for this one, uh, which is just an invitation. Um, if there's anything you feel like you'd want to share or maybe a little anecdote or something that was missed in the conversation, here is your chance, your soapbox, um, to add anything else you want to, to this discourse. I want to add, um, I want to add movement. I'm asking myself inside what is it I want to say and movement is coming up. And why movement? Well, movement has been for me a big savior. Uh, for example, dance or uh, sports or anything that creates movement that brings back the, 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 the rush of chemicals inside the body, uh, you know, um, letting all the fluids go to where they need to to, uh, you know, with, with all the tensions that um, we carry in our bodies, movement uh, allows us to meet them, to uh, liven them, or to relax them. You know, there's a, a, um, maybe parts of our bodies that lie more dormant. We, we, can, we can liven them, come in touch with them. And movement is, for me, what keeps, what keeps me time and time again going back to my nature. So whatever kind of movement, dance, sports, uh, active meditations, they really help to uh, come to a place of stillness and still be alive. So an alive stillness, a stillness where there's still buzzing going on. And 
this is a great reminder. I like that you that you opened the space up for me to say anything because it's a reminder to myself. Like, go go out and go move today. You know, have a dance after this podcast. Uh, put on some nice music. Enjoy. It's it's the purest way to to get back to that nature, and then we start to see the difference between the ego and uh, and our and our nature. Um, perhaps ego is part of our nature in this human experience. Sure, but what uh, what is our natural impulse? And through dance and and these things, we we get to uh, allow that 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 creation of impulse uh, impulses. So. Well, thank you for that invitation. And I will just add to it uh, my own invitation for, for all of you out there listening. The show's about over. And it's a great time to put on your shoes, stand up, go for a walk, take a dance, do something, be active. Um, and yeah, move towards that change uh, that we want to see in the world. So thank you once again, Ojas. It was great to talk to you. And I really enjoyed your, your stories uh, and all of our exploring of, of this very deep and, and complicated issue. And I know that we're going to talk about it again. And best of luck on your journey and adventure as you go uh, from north to south uh, across Europe and see what, what awaits you there in Athens. So thank you once again. Thank you so much, Connor. I really, really enjoyed this podcast. was not expecting it to go the way it went. But you're a great interviewer asking all the right questions, hitting it on the nail. Thank you so much. It helped me even explore this story and, and the, the message inside of it even deeper. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. From the Dutch International Storytelling Center, this has been Disc Radio. This episode was edited and produced by Connor McMullen, with outro music by Boomy Goldson. Please tune in next time for more stories. And they have some incredible titles like, um, you know, titles that really make you sit there and and respect <laughs> like um uh priests and politicians the mafia of the soul <laughs> or like uh uh i teach religiousness not religion <laughs> like weird things like that where you question oh wait there's a difference in that or are those two related i don't know um